Hello and welcome to this podcast from the Generation Gap Show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM in St Albans. We hope you enjoy it. 92.6 FM Radio Verulam Radio Verulam Hello and welcome to the Generation Gap Show hosted by me, Nat, and Clive. Hello. A show where we express our opinions and views from the standpoints of our different generations. Will we agree or will we disagree? Let's find out. This is the Generation Gap Show on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. This evening, we're going to be talking about International Women's Day, since it's International Women's Day tomorrow. And we're going to be talking about what it means to be a woman and sort of female role models. And um, and you 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 like like that topic, do you, Clive? I do. I think it's very interesting. Yeah. And um, we've got a couple of guests' interviews as well, apart from you and I. Yes. So we'll get through those a bit later and we'll talk about women, women, women all the time. Yes. So I, I guess I, I thought I might start off by asking you, Clive, who who would be your sort of female role model if you when you were growing up? Did you did you have sort of female role models back then? Gosh, that's an interesting question. I don't know. I think obviously when I was very young, it would obviously be um, my mother, I guess, mm, <laughs> as ever. Yeah. Um, and um, the school I went to, um, a number of most teachers in in junior schools, as they always are, are um, women. And yeah, there was one. Still woman, the case now, I would say. Yeah. I think so. One woman there who, in fact, was the mother of a, a, another boy in my class. So it's quite awkward because she had to teach her own son. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she was the English teacher there, um, or she—I mean, she specialised in English. Yeah. Obviously, in a primary school, you have other things. And she was a pretty strong woman because she mm. sort of ran the show. And she was um, someone who went on, I know, to be a head teacher in a secondary school. Mm. And all the people who in the school would say, "Oh my goodness, her!" You know, mm. She was a really strict head. And I, I was I, because I knew her personally. It was quite funny that everyone was scared of her. Yeah, <laughs> I think I I definitely have had some some teachers that have been role models over the years, and I think one of the the key things is it's it's a teacher which um, which can command respect, but isn't sort of overly strict. So they the the way they um, they have control of the classroom is everyone just respects them. So they're not you know overly you know. I think that's true, and also, I mean, the teachers who have you find you go in a classroom and they're shouting and sort of sh- very loudly at the pupils, they've lost it. It's yeah. the ones who can speak very quietly like mm. this and look at you that have the total control mm. of the classroom. That's, that's how but it But was that, when you, when you were, um, for your generation, was that something that a lot of women aspired to do? Was that the, the career path for, for a, lot of, a lot of women? Is that why they were, they were role models? Um, I don't know. I, I probably didn't think of it in those terms. Mm. So I'm thinking about sort of influence on me, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously, um, as you say, I'm still in primary schools. There tends to be more women teachers than men. Um, I don't really know why that is. I, mean, I guess it's because it's often a part-time job in some ways. That may be easier to fit in and so on. Um, but um, there's plenty of women teachers in senior schools these days as well. But um, you mm. don't often travel from one place to the other. You, you decide that your career is going to be in a junior school or a, a secondary school. Is that right? Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and in terms of um, female artists, um, were, there, were there any particular female artists, um, singers that, that had 
that you had a lot of respect for? I remember them. I mean, there was actually very few women um, singers until the sort of um, the Motown people came along and Diana Ross and those sort of uh, bands. Um, I mean, there was, I think, about three or four English women singers um, who are not all around these days. I mean, Cilla Black was certainly very successful. Mm. Uh, not least I loved her on Blind Date. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right, you remember that from yeah. that. But she, she was a singer and she basically came up because she had a part-time job sweeping up in the club in Liverpool where mm. the Beatles played. Oh, wow. And so they are, invited her to sort of get on involved because she sang along with them and so on. And, oh, uh, wow. I didn't yeah, know that. That's right. And then there's um, Dusty Springfield who yeah. had a very, very deep sort of voice, a very soulful voice. Her yeah. songs are still excellent. We ought to play one, actually. They, she's yeah. really good. Um, and I think that's almost it. Oh, Sandy Shaw, of course, who won the Eurovision Song Contest for the UK once. <laughs> and she, her s- signature thing was that she sang with uh, bare feet. But talking about female, strong female characters, Bridget Jones. Bridget Jones. And um, is Helen... Is she strong? <laughs> well, I think she's kind of meant to be like a realistic um, portrayal of a woman. Some people have... Um, think she's like a, a flawed character, which is something which is quite admirable, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. I think it's um, yes. I suppose you're right. It's, <laughs> obviously, it, it is a comedy, and it's so therefore there are sort of take con- it with a pinch of salt. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> quite so. Okay. So um, we've got a couple of uh, guests here. I think what I'll do is I might play the first one of the interviews. Um, so I, in the last few days, had an, um, chats with various women and have recorded two interviews. They're both actually people who work here at Radio Verum, as it happens. Um, so the first one is with Amy Radford, who is one of our newer and younger presenters here. And so I had a little chat with her and asked her about um, her aspirations for the future and so on. And now I'd just like to welcome Amy Radford. Hello, Amy. Hello, Clive. Um, now, it's nice to see you here. Um, I don't see you very often, but I do hear you, of course, on the radio because you're one of our newest presenters. So what is it you're doing? Yes, I present the Sunday playlist on Radio Verulam every Sunday from 4pm till 6pm. And very good it is too. I have listened. It's, it's a time when I'm actually you, listening to the radio all the time because I'm doing some cooking usually. So, oh, lovely. Any nice cooking? Yeah, it's always the Sunday roast. Oh, so no burning of the food. Oh, I'm very good. I don't burn things. Well, <laughs> not often anyway. Um, anyway, Amy, what we're going to do is uh, have a little chat with you because you are a young millennial person, which is um, the sort of theme of this programme. Yeah. And, uh, and as it's International Women's Day coming up tomorrow, basically, um, I'd like to have a little word with you about your views on sort of the future. Um, and I suppose on a personal level, I mean, you, you've basically um, started working now and so you're starting your working life and I'm sure you've got some ambitions and so on. I'd be interested to hear sort of what, what ambitions you have. Yeah, I've started working full time. It's been a very big difference from school because obviously before you had holidays and now I'm like six weeks going into work and I'm like, oh, still need to be here. So that's, <laughs> that's always good. But I'm trying to get into presenting, if I can, and within TV and film. That's the ambition around that. You don't do presenting in films, though, do you? No, no. I'm trying to learn more about films, like the background, so how they do the editing and how it all comes together. Because, like, I work for a VFX company at the moment. So that's a special effects company, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay, just get the get the um get the buzzwords out of the way. Yeah, that's right. Okay, well you're learning the lingo already. So um, you have an ambition then to be sort of like a TV presenter. Is that what you're saying? Yes, I would love to do that. So have you thought about particular programmes? You you know you want to be on I don't know Country File or the One Show or something like this. Good morning. <laughs> I think I'd be more 
I do obviously love I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, that type of TV show. But then I also love like Holly Willoughby and um, Philip Schofield's kind of chemistry. So that'd be really nice to be able to do something like that. Okay, now I'm going to be a bit of a downer here and say, well, obviously you have to sort of work your way up to something like that. Yes, obviously. And, and uh, you're, you're in a good place if you've already started working in, in the business. And I think the main thing that I would always say is that you, it's about who you get to know because, um, you know, you can obviously apply for jobs and you're, you're one of hundreds of people going for a job and the rest of it. Um, but it's then you sort of meet this person who subsequently says, oh, I, you know, I've doing this program we need someone to present it i know i remember that girl what's her name oh amy yes i'll give her a call Mm. um okay so i mean your ambitions obviously you you also mentioned earlier you want to do some traveling yes i would love to do some traveling i'm hoping to live in la at one point la why la because it's where the movies come from yeah obviously the movies you know i think it's because of the beach the hot weather because i love england but the cold weather is just not for me i'm definitely more of a sunny weather kind of girl and i don't know just something about it is just calling me there so that's where i want to go next you know the song where you find all the actresses who are out of work basically what's it called um, pumping gas there's a song about that I and mean, basically you end up working as a waitress most of the time <laughs> <laughs> well hopefully i won't <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, I was going to say, if you just want to get in the movies, you don't have to go to LA. You can go to Boreham Wood. Boreham Wood? Hmm. What are they doing in Boreham Wood? That's where the film studios are and TV studios. Don't you know? I really should know that, in fairness. Okay, it's just down the road from here. Uh, you might know it as Elstree. People tend to call it Elstree, which is Elstree Studios and uh, also the BBC, BBC Elstree, as they call it, the other film studios there. And they make programmes you may have heard of, like Streetly Come Dancing, X Factor... Oh, I need to get down there. Britain's Got Talent. Actually, I don't think they do X Factor. I think they do, they do BGT there. And the Celebrity Big Brother house was also there. Oh, what, if you went on B- BGT, what talent would you have? Uh, I'm going to pass on that question. I don't think I have any talents for that. <laughs> I don't, I've actually never seen the programme, I have to admit. You've never seen it? No, I know about it, but I don't watch it. Oh, you have to watch the auditions. It's the best part. I'm sure, I'm sure. Anyway, let's go on to another question here, changing subject rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder if there's a woman sort of role model that you have. I mean, somebody you really admire and somebody you think, you know, you'd like to be like them in some way, perhaps. Or just you think, wow that's my kind of woman she's the sort of person i'd like to grow up to be i think obviously ariana grande that is the one that everyone my age is looking up to i think at the moment just because she's been through so much from like the with her fiance and went through with the manchester attacks and she came out of it so much stronger and now is like competing against herself to get to number one on the top on the top music charts I think she's a real inspiration for everyone. So you can sing like her, can you? (laughs) I wish. I wish then I could be having millions, but... Right. I mean, I'm going to be, again, a bit cynical, if I may. I mean, obviously, a lot of young people do seem to um, look up to people they see on Instagram and YouTube and all the rest of it. And so it's sort of celebrity lifestyle. Mm. And uh, with the best will in the world, um, obviously, everyone can't be major celebrities or film stars or TV stars. So do you think that's um, a sort of bit of a limitation that you have? I mean, I'm not having a go at you. <laughs> you I'm sure you have a fantastic um, future ahead in terms of these things. But realistically, 
you know um, how many people can really get to that and I, I do worry slightly that people's views are slightly um, tainted on this shall we say yeah I think that um, although Instagram and social media is really nice because it means you can connect to the people you look up to it means that it can put people especially my age in a bit of a vulnerable position where they are sad because their life isn't like that and I think you have to when you look at it you need to embrace that although they have got a lot of things that they want in their life their life isn't perfect because like even when you just read their comments they get so many hate comments a day and we're quite fortunate that we aren't that famous we don't have all of that to deal with every day i must admit um, i've seen those sort of documentaries where you know ex-film star has got this great big mansion in malibu or something and they've got obviously the swing pool and the rest of it um, and i just think that's great i'm sure but all the aggravation of getting someone to clean your swing pool and do this and do that and then they have to fly everywhere and of course they've got a house in somewhere else as well and you know a little yeah, villa somewhere else and so they have staff everywhere you've got to manage all the staff and all these kind of things and it, it does get to the point you think well my goodness is it really worth all that sort of aggravation um yeah <laughs> no i think obviously everyone would love to have all of the money in the world and that they could just do what they wanted with life but like you said not everyone can be like that so you just need to when you look at their social media pages to ex well, not really accept it but <laughs> to understand that there's just different lives i suppose Yes. In the nicest way. Well, also, I mean, uh, you know, money doesn't buy you happiness. It buys you lots no. of things, but um, that's one of the things that people learn. Sometimes they don't learn until they've had all the money and they realise actually it hasn't really brought them what they want. Yeah, definitely. It's like you can watch enough movies and you find that out. <laughs> Absolutely. OK, Amy, thanks very much for being part of this um, programme, Generation Gap Special for International Women's Day. Well, thank you for having me. It's been lovely seeing you. Right, thank you. Bye. Um, so what do you think? I mean, now, you're obviously a bit older than Amy, mm. and um, you, I presume, well, obviously you know about mm. Ariana Grande. Do you feel that um, she is a role model? I mean, obviously, mm. she's had a very tough time in the last yeah. two or three years, mm -hmm. and we know that, and very publicly. Yeah. And I guess to some extent, it is this business of being very public about sort of personal things, which is, is what um, yeah. she's had to handle. I can see why, she's a, why she is a role model of Amy's, and why she is a role model, actually, of a lot of... Um, young young women and and, um, and teenage girls because she is massively successful and also she has had a very difficult two years and she seems to have taken it in her stride and I mean dealt with things sensitively and I mean quite impeccably really um, and she's and she's maintained class throughout as well you know when when your p private life is very public I'm sure it it, it is quite easy it would be quite easy to um, to you know, speak out about certain things, but I think she stays firm on on the right things and and speaks out when it's necessary. So I think she's got good, um, she's got a good head on 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 her shoulders. So, yeah, I mean, to, to me, I think that one of the things is that she she does seem to come across as a genuinely sort of nice, caring yeah. person. Yeah. And often people who reach that sort of level of success do show perhaps a bit of a nasty side and, yeah. and you know she could be incredibly clever hiding it but yeah, the, no. impression, the impression is that I think she doesn't have that nasty her. side she's very much shown that I know she sort of writes letters and gives little presents to fans and things like that doesn't she yeah and I think she is eternally grateful I think she's very grateful for her fans which it you know other huge performers don't seem as you know appreciative of their fans I think she definitely is
So. I, I think it's also the whole living on Instagram and so on sort of life, isn't it? Which is, yeah. you, you can't hide much. I mean, you, you can, a lot of people hide. Yeah. Professional photographers would take their photos for Instagram, I've discovered. Good gracious. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's, that's quite something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Um, right, so we'll, we'll hear about from somebody else later. Somebody else we both know very well, because mm. um, Liv also had a chat with me yesterday about this. So if you wonder what you're listening to, it's the Generation Gap show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM in St Albans and we're talking all about International Women's Day. So you also have spoken to Liv, haven't you, Clive, our fellow our co-presenter? Yes, um, I spoke to her yesterday, as it happens, um, and um, I basically asked her the same sorts of questions and uh, I think she's very interesting replies. Right, so um, now I've got somebody in the studio who um, is very familiar, of course. It's Liv. Hello, Liv. Hello. Um, so it's International Women's Day. What, what does that mean to you? Does it mean anything to you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's about recognising women for the amazing things some of us have done. And I was trying to describe it to somebody because they asked, what's the point in having an International Women's Day? We don't have an International Men's Day. We do, actually. But no one celebrates it. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, and I gave the analogy of if me, like if a month ago me and a man got a promotion and we went out to celebrate that night his promotion but not mine because no one cared about me getting a promotion but everyone was excited about his. So we all went out to dinner but then a month later I was doing really well at my job and I was upset that we hadn't celebrated my promotion and I, and I said, I was explaining it to my boyfriend and I said to him, would you come out to dinner with me to celebrate it? And he said, yeah. I said that's sort of what International Women's Day is. It's even though I wasn't even though women were not celebrated for the great things they did back then, we're taking time out to acknowledge it now. And women at the moment who we feel are underrated maybe or don't get given enough credit or even just that we want to celebrate because they deserve it. We're giving them a day to say we see you and we're celebrating you. And yes, we should do that every day, but this special day to remind them make it special plus everyone loves a holiday it's not exactly a holiday but yes okay i think that's a very very interesting and lucid explanation which mm -hmm. good okay so um now the other things are um is there somebody perhaps obviously a woman who you particularly admire look up to or respect in a way that perhaps you is, is a role model for you yeah i mean there's um one person at the top of my head is an actress called Jamila Jamil, and she's in a Netflix show I like, which is called The Good Place, and it's really funny. It's a philosophical, existential comedy, really good. And she plays a character called Tani, but the actress herself does loads of speeches, and she goes and has talks with people, and I watch videos of it, and she just talks about really interesting stuff and she's a really good voice for women she talks about sex education she talks about feminism and everything like that just making the world a better place and i really look up to her i think she's a great person i love what she does and i love listening to her speeches because they really inspire me okay and you like being inspired in that way yeah i like it when someone says something that really means something to me because you listen to people talking about loads of stuff and you don't care about most of it but when someone talks about something that you think i've I was thinking that and I resonate with that and it feels really good to have somebody give like give your thoughts a voice sort of because she says the things that I want to say but obviously I don't have a platform she has a platform and she says it and it feels great 
And do you think that's the sort of thing you might find yourself doing in, I don't know, 20 years' time? You'd, you'd be in that sort of yeah, role? Yeah, I would love to do that. I would really, really love to do that. I, um, similarly, I've been listening to a podcast called The Guilty Feminist, which um, is really good. And it's sort of something that I might want to do when I'm older because I, I really like doing a podcast. I like our podcast. I think it's really great. And I'd love to do something like that. And The Guilty Feminist is really good because it gives themselves challenges for like empowering themselves. And I think it's really good. I really like it. I keep saying that. I, yeah, that's something I definitely like to do. Right. Okay. Now, the other thing I was going to ask you is in terms of, um, I suppose, a book or an author, perhaps, is there some particular author who writes um, stories or something that you relate to? And again, you know, you, you feel... This is um, sort of a reflection of you. I mean, you're finding yourself and you're saying, oh, it's not just me that thinks that. It's mm-hmm. something that, you know, this other person's already written about or this person is acting out in their life at the moment. Yeah, I, um, I, I'm not a big poetry person, but I do have these two poetry books by the same woman, Amanda Lovelace. That's the name on the books. I'm not sure if that's her actual name. Um, and she's written two poetry books and it's one is called the princess saves herself in this one and one is called the witch doesn't burn in this one and i saw them i saw the witch doesn't burn in this one in a shop one day and i really liked the cover and so i went over and i started reading it and i i thought it was really interesting and the poetry was lovely i really liked it it was like very empowering to women it was just about strong powerful women so i got a copy for my grandma um for christmas because i thought she'd like it she's a very strong woman and I realised she had a first book, which was the princess doesn't uh, the princess saves herself in this one. And I read that as well. And I just I love them. And I don't know a lot about poetry. But I would definitely recommend them. They're really good. And I think she has good stuff to say. And when I was reading it, I really resonated with it. I I felt I don't know. I felt noticed, recognised because it's sort of about women who deal with like being patronized because it's like the princess saves herself she doesn't need saving and i really like that message because i do sometimes feel like i get like people quite patronizing to me sometimes and do you think that's because you're a woman or because you're young or is it a combination i think it's a combination of both some people in my school that i've spoken to um like boys my age have been really patronizing to me and I just don't understand because we're the same age. Like, there's really not much of a difference between us. We go to the same school. It's just that I'm a girl. And I, yeah, I don't like that. But, yeah, these books, these books highlight that. Right. Well, thank you. That's a very interesting sort of discussion. So do you have any sort of message for um, women out there listening um, on International Women's Day? What would you say to them? Um, you can do anything you want, whether you want to be a housewife or a CEO or anything in between because I feel like people who speak out about feminism often paint a picture by accident of what women should be whether you should be like a powerful CEO and some women don't want to do that some women do want kids and they want to look after kids and somebody I really like is Simone de Beauvoir but she she's a French philosopher um, and but she does paint motherhood as something that traps you And I don't think that's true. I think whatever you want to do, you should be able to do. Don't feel held back by what society says women should do because you're an individual, not just a woman. You are a woman and you should celebrate that, but you're also an individual, so you can do what you want. 
But do you think, I mean, society is largely telling you what you can't do, or that has been the history, really? Definitely in history. I think less so now, because we're seeing um, a lot of women doing what they want, using their voices. Um, I mean, the head of the police in London? Yes. Is a woman. Cressida Dick. Yeah, and I, I'm really interested in that stuff. I'm really interested in policing. I've been looking to maybe be a detective or something. And I didn't know that. And I thought that was really interesting because I know that um, certain jobs like that, it's quite hard for a woman to go up in the ranks. And yeah, I think that's a sign that things are really changing. But still, we have we have a way to go. But I, I, I definitely think things are better than they used to be. And I think women are doing more what they would like to do rather than what they've been told to do. Right, okay. Well, that's been a fantastic discussion, Liv. Thank you very much. And, um, well, yes, thank you. And, of course, we'll see you again on this programme. But um, I thought it was worth asking you to contribute in the same way as a few other people. Thanks very much. Thank you. Right, that's uh, Liv Hartwell there, who you've probably heard on the programme before, of course. Um, And um, what did you think about that? She's um, very intellectual, I think, is the... uh... (laughs) Yeah, that was very interesting. She has a number of role models, I thought, which she she drew upon, not just one role model. and And I thought she had great kind of reasons for why they were role models, so yeah. She spends a lot of time reading and also um, listening to podcasts. And yes. It shows. Yes. <laughs> Natalie, it's yeah. time to ask you the same questions we've asked oh, um, no, Amy and Liv. Oh, the pressure. Liv. And uh, really, I suppose, yes, a role model, maybe a, mm. an author that you um, particularly admire. Well, I particularly admire... She, she is an author and she's um, just a, a general role model, Michelle Obama... Yes, of course, um, and best-selling authoress, definitely. Yes, <laughs> have you read? Have you read her book, Becoming? Uh, I haven't read it. Um, I do. It's on my list. Yes, but, yeah, no, it should definitely be on your list. Um, I'm, I'm still reading it, but um, I really admire her. As uh, you know, she she came from quite humble beginnings and grew up in in um, I think the south side of Chicago with her family. Her her dad worked for a, a city, the city water plant. Um, her mother was a, a house a homemaker. And um, she she went on to become a very successful lawyer, worked for non-profits, and then, of course, she met uh, Obama, uh, Barack Obama. They married and had children, and she's just become, you know, quite an outspoken woman, on uh, an outspoken um, advocate for women's rights. And, um, yeah, I really admire her, so... Can I could tell you? I could tell you my Michelle Obama story. And this is absolutely yeah. true. Um, a couple, a few years ago, I was involved in setting up a new school. It, it never finally happened, but um, as part of that, we were recruiting some um, staff. And the way you do that with teachers for a secondary school is you actually need to put them in a teaching environment. So we basically borrowed a school for the day. Um, and the school, it was actually in North London. And they told us, when we went there, there was big pictures of Michelle Obama all over the place. Mm. What's this about? And basically, when she came to London at one point, she was, um, you know, the, the president was doing things with the prime minister of the time, which is David Cameron, I guess. And uh, so uh, Mrs. The missus had to go off and do something else. They arranged a tour. She went to this school and gave a really inspiring speech to yeah. the... Ch- these, it was a girls' school mm. in Islington, I can't remember the name of it now. Mm. Oh, I think it's Elizabeth Garrett Anderson. Yes, of course it is. Mm. And basically, um, she, from the stage, said, you know, you must come and see me in the White House. 
to all these hundreds of girls in the school. And the head teacher sort of fell off a chair at this point, but then <laughs> afterwards said, right, we're going to do this. <laughs> and basically she had, I think, about 150 of the girls yeah. went off to Washington and they got a guided tour around the White House by Michelle Obama and, of course, other tours around Washington. It's the time of their life. They'll remember it forever. And, you know, she took yeah. the trouble to take them all around and show them Amazing, everywhere and so on. Yeah. Um, and, in fact, she came back to England quite recently and went back to the school for the s second time. Wow. And so sort of, she didn't offer the same thing this yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. But she did speak to them again. And that was amazing. You know, it was it's just one of those things the schools yeah. picked out of the sort of hat almost effectively to take them to. She she is an incredible woman, and I, I I love some of the stories that she tells in her in her book um, about you know the difference between being the first lady and then going back to just this normal life with you know with her dogs and being alone in the house because her da one daughter's out with her friends, another daughter's doing a gap year in New York, and Obama's you know abroad on on um, some kind of business trip, and she, I just love the stories that she tells, and and I think she she's a great uh, role model. And do you think she's going to run for president? <laughs> do you know what she talks about that in her book, actually? Um, I don't know. I wouldn't rule it out, but, uh, you know. I sort of have a feeling that if she did stand, she mm. would do incredibly well and be very popular. But equally, she'd probably be, um, you know, at that point, it gets quite nasty. There'd be lots of nasty things happening. I think it's very tough. Happening. Yeah, it's very tough. Well, you can see it with Hillary Clinton. She, you know, she's villainised almost. And she's got a good sense of humour about it. But you have to be very thick-skinned. Indeed. Yes. Okay. So, um, and is there any? So that I mean, she's the role model, and she's written a book. Yeah. So you've kind of covered. Yeah, it, I've kind of covered, covered all, all, all the bases. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't like to have one single role model. We were talk talking about this earlier, weren't we, Clive? I do. I I admire people in you know. I have career models, people that I've worked with that I've um, I've looked up to, and then I have um, you know educational role models, people in an educational environment which I've looked up to and um, and who've supported me tremendously. And then of course I have family members who. I'm tr tremendously proud of my um, my grandmother. She grew up in South Africa, and um, she she moved over to the UK because she disagreed with apartheid, and they campaigned. They were anti-apartheid campaigners um, from from the UK, and um, you know I find that that's you know a source of, of pride for me, and I I'm very proud of of her and and my my mum as well. I think she's very strong woman and tremendously selfless and I, there's people that i i take you know characteristics um, that i admire from from you know most women i know actually and um and that's the great thing about uh, you know i i don't have one singular role model i don't like to, to have one singular role model i have lots of role models so and we've run out of time. We, this always happens so quickly. I know. Um, okay, it's been a very interesting programme to me, I think, and I hope you enjoyed it too. Yes, I have. Thank you, Clive. Um, okay, so we've um, been talking about Women for International Women's Day, which is actually tomorrow. And if you listen to Radio Verulam, there's lots of programmes with women's themes all day, so uh, do listen out. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Generation Gap Show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you'll listen again to the show. You can subscribe from iTunes, Google Play and, of course, from Radio Verulam's own website, radioverulam.com. <laughs>